Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Collateral Damage. This is Mike Wilson. I'm here with my co-host, Maureen Cavanaugh. How are you doing, Maureen? Hello, Michael. Uh, no guest today. No guest today. No. No, with the, uh, with the holidays here, we, got, uh, oh. we just had Thanksgiving a little while ago. Now we got Christmas. It is New Year's. Um, it is a tough time. Tough time it really for is. It's a I nice mean, time, but also a tough time. Some, for some people, it's not a nice time at all. I mean, and I remember there were, and I'm sure you remember years too, where I just dreaded them coming. Like a, yeah. like a freight train, like oh, I yeah. was glued to the tracks yeah. and I could see them coming at me and I knew it was going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And how many times I um, was so worried about my daughter that I just ruined the holidays for everybody around me too. Yeah. Well, I know on the, on this end, being the the individual struggling with with addiction, it was never. I mean, for me, the holiday was just an opportunity to get around my resources and see if I could get anything out of them. Uh, yeah. You know, to 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 show up, and it was like a Christmas present, or it was like you know Thanksgiving was the one time when my family would let me come to the house, and I'd show up and you know make a little mess, uh, eat some food, and you know try to try to get something out of somebody. Um, right. Or or it was a chance for me to show up and try to pretend that I didn't. I wasn't going through what I was going through. It was yeah. really kind of pretend for everybody. Oh, yeah, if I oh, up, absolutely. You know, was, yeah, if, if your person is there, you keep looking at them and thinking, oh, they don't look that bad. Maybe they're going to be okay, yeah. <laughs> right? And they're, yeah. everybody's staring at you, trying to see if your pupils are, are pinned or not or dilated oh, yeah. or yeah. whatever it is at the, uh, at the moment. Assessing every behavior, yes. every movement, looking at you. Are you okay? Pulling you aside. So what's going on? And it was just, uh, it was. Was that helpful was, at all? No, the opposite. Uh, it was, there you it go. was the opposite of that. It was not yeah. helpful. As a matter of fact, it just made me feel like more of an abnormality. And, uh, you know, it was, it was I, I guess the, hol the holidays were tough, active, you know, and they were even tough for me when I got sober, yes. you know, because my family didn't know how to act around me when I was using and they also didn't know how to act around me while I was sober. So when right. I'm like, this is like not something that like magically, okay, now you're okay. And everybody no. can go back to it's like musical chairs. Everybody can go back to what they were doing before. Yeah. Well, my, my first Thanksgiving, um, in sobriety was weird. I've talked about it before here on, uh, on this show and, and, you know, my first Thanksgiving with my family in sobriety, I think I, you know, my family likes to drink. Uh, I got a couple family members that like to smoke pot, which is fine for them. It's not an issue for them. But I showed up and for some reason they all had collectively decided in the background that nobody was going to drink and nobody was going to smoke pot. And, you know, I mean, that was really nice of them. You know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, you know, I appreciate the sacrifice that they made. But as the individual who showed up into this really weird and abnormal situation, I was like, yeah. how come nobody's drinking? I'm like, oh, because of you. And I'm like, ugh. I was like, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. You know, so because of me, nobody gets to enjoy their Thanksgiving. I'm like, this sounds just like all the other Thanksgiving. I said, why don't you guys just do what you normally do? And, um, you know, for me, that's what I wanted. I just wanted them to behave normally. So what, what, would, you, what would you want somebody to, what would have been the right way to go about that? Because I, to ask I me. yeah, to ask you. Yeah, yeah but, to, to yeah. put it in my hands. You ask me if I'm okay with it. Because you so, you're I mean? actually still a person, right? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, exactly. Yes. Like I, but, but more importantly, like, you know, I, I, all I wanted to do in sobriety was fit back in. You know, I didn't want my whole family system to change because I was sober. I wanted to just be normal. And, and the only way to do that is for people to be normal around me. 
uh, instead of making me feel like the abnormality, even right. more so like when I was active, I was the abnormality. Now in sobriety, I just wanted to be normal and right. uh, fit yeah. back in. And the but best way that's... to do that was to approach me and ask me. Right. And I don't think we think to do that. You know, no. we think we have to make the decision for you and around you. And well, then, because up you know, until that point, you kind of did. Right. You know, I mean, when you're active, yes, your thinker is broken. And so your family thinks for you and they right. make decisions for you. Well, you, you're not welcome here for Thanksgiving. Why? Well, because every other Thanksgiving, you've robbed people. <laughs> you know, like there's a reason <laughs> That's behind not very, it. That, that wasn't very thanksgiving -y Yeah. You. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, at a certain point, your, your ability oh. to make good decisions is broken. And yeah. so the family gets used to making those decisions for you. And my family just did it. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I've gone, I've run through that too with my daughter and I felt in the beginning, I think that, um, you know, we should just act like we always act. Right. And then it was difficult for her to be with us and, you know, people would be having a glass of wine. I mean, we don't have any big drinkers uh, or anything, but have a glass of wine when she wishes she could have a glass of wine. And then that was a problem. Right. So, um, but as time has gone on, it's not been so difficult, but never did it occur to me to ask her, I think in the beginning, would that be okay with you? Yeah. Kind of made the decision without her. I've decided that uh, if I can't not drink when she's, around not even just a glass of wine but i if i can't not do that yeah. there's something wrong with me <laughs> right yeah so yeah. i i think well you know it's it, when she comes over i i just don't do that mm -hmm. and you know i mean i guess if it was like a i don't know new year's eve i might have a glass i don't know maybe not i just really feel like if 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 that's if there's one day her and i are very close though because mm -hmm. i would like bonded a little bit too much mm -hmm. probably so i feel like you know if i can do that one day and i told her you know i had the conversation with her it's like it's about me it's not about you i just feel like if i can't do that you have to do it every day if i right. if i can't do it one day then that's a problem right. but i wouldn't ask anybody else and we've talked about it since mm -hmm. i wouldn't ask anybody else not to drink and she's okay with that right well and that's i mean it's you know, we have a culture where drinking is just supposed to be like this thing. It's it's normal, like drinking right. for sports or drinking at a family event. Like, I don't know, it's fine if, if that's what you want to do. And, you know, being in recovery, being in recovery is really about learning how to live in a world where other people can do things you can't. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's that's my understanding is that I tried to use drugs and alcohol and I couldn't do it. And right. I do it safely. And so therefore, it's not that the world has to change around me and that I have to you know, try to find a way to hide from the fact that other people can, it's that I have to get comfortable with the fact that they can and I can't. And that's hard in the beginning, you know, especially when you want to be able yeah. to do it. And then you watch people do it normally and you start to reminisce and you're like, oh, maybe I can do it again. Mm -hmm. And that's what families fear is the fact that like, if I drink around them, I might set them off or I might, you know, make them feel bad or I might, you know, make them relapse. I get all that fear, but you know, that's probably not going to be you that causes that. Uh, but I don't think it's, I don't think this is about whether or not people should drink in front of their loved ones. I think it's more importantly, like, why the holidays are so tough. You know, if you, if you're a family member, and you're setting boundaries around your loved ones. So for instance, working with a family, and Thanksgiving just passed recently. And the big question on the table was, my loved one is still active, should I invite him for Thanksgiving? You know, and it's a hard answer. You know, the answer that I would normally give is if they're not welcome at your house any of the other days of the week, why would Thanksgiving be any different? Right. You know, why would Christmas be any different? And it's just the, it's the sentimentality of the holiday. It's like, it's just, I want them there. 
you know, even I want to pretend that they're not struggling with this. And that's I want exactly them. what it is. Yeah. That's I want to pretend. And so my answer is always, if you feel like you have to, that's fine, but prepare yourselves accordingly. Don't pretend that because it's Thanksgiving or Christmas that they're going to show up not struggling with active addiction. They're still going to show up the same way. You know, you should still lock your coats and pocketbooks in whatever room you can. Uh, you know, you should still prepare uh, to have some uncomfortable conversations or that your loved one's probably going to show up under the influence, uh, especially if it's opiates. They're not going to not use that day to show up with families. Matter of fact, you might even use a little extra um, just to make sure that they're not sick in front of you. Yeah. I mean, as long as you know that, and I think, you know, then you know that and you want your, your family member to be there. And then, then as long as you're going in fully yeah. prepared, I think that everybody's got to do what they have to do. Exactly. Exactly. But, and that's, that's the hard part is just accepting that you're going to have an active addict in your home and that Thanksgiving or Christmas is not, not the time to argue with them or fight with them or challenge them. That if you're going to bring them in, you need to do it eyes wide open. You're going to be faking it. They're going to be faking mm -hmm. it um, and that you don't want to turn Christmas or Thanksgiving into a big battle about going to treat. Can you do that? <laughs> That's the question I always have right. to ask. So now that you know that, can you do that? Right. Can you have them over and not bring it up? Can you have them over and not turn this into that? And yeah. that's really hard. That's well, really I hard. I wouldn't want to do it. No, no, you know, but I, you know, some people, some people will and do yeah. and, it's fine. That's that's good too. Whatever you need, but make sure you have Narcan in the house. And yep. uh, yeah. you know, I remember this mom I worked with probably nine years ago, and she um, she had made the decision that her son was not allowed at her house anymore. Very similar to what we were just talking about. And she got to I don't know, maybe a, a couple months in, and he was staying at a friend's house, and so on and so forth. And Thanksgiving came around, and she's like, you know, I want him to come over for Thanksgiving. And she's like, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, my opinion is that, you know, neither one of you has done a lot of work since he hasn't been at your house. He's still active and you're still struggling to deal with that. I would say the, the most likely scenario is that he's going to come over and things are going to be very familiar uh, in an unhealthy way. And I said, but you know, if that's what you need to do, then do it, you know? And, and she's a mom. She's like, I just want to put eyes on him. You know, I want to eat with him. I want to talk to him. And I'm like, well, you probably won't have a great conversation because he's still holding some resentments and thinks you ruined his life. And you still think he's a drug addict that needs treatment. And you guys haven't been able to agree on that up to this point. She said, all right, but I'm going to try it anyway. And so she did exactly that. She had him over for Thanksgiving and she called me the next day, extremely angry, frustrated. She's like, you know, it was just, it was exactly like it was before. He hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. And she's very frustrated. And I said, if nothing else, this has helped to reinforce your boundaries, you know, remind you why they were put in place in the first place. And occasionally you need to test them. Right. Right. Um, I just worked with a family that talked to me about this yesterday. They said that for Thanksgiving, they, they didn't have him over, um, but they had him over on Sunday instead, uh, this, this most recent Sunday. And, um, you know, they were, they brought him over just to eat and talk and hang out, not Thanksgiving or Christmas when family would be there, but just to talk and hang out. And yeah. they ended up walking away frustrated. They tried to convince him to go to treatment. He refused, uh, mom and the child ended up fighting and arguing and it just turned into what it always turned into. Yeah. How, how about like, I don't know, Christmas morning, mm. you go grab breakfast, go, right. go to Dunks, grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. Give him a hug. Tell him you love him, but mm -hmm. and say I wish you could be here. 
And I hope that next year you will. Right. And that's the thing. The holidays are to see, to see them and spend time with them, but you don't have to sacrifice everybody's Christmas or Thanksgiving or put the family in that situation. Right. You know, if, if you want to see them for Thanksgiving, make them a plate. You know, go visit them or go or you know, afterwards, right? Yeah, Even afterwards coffee, lunch, would be fine. Like it doesn't have to be the whole shebang because things are not normal. Right. Right. It's tough. Right. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, there's there's siblings to take into consideration. There's children, you know, um, that might want to see their mom or their dad who might be yeah. that person. You know, husbands and wives have to take the same stance the parents and family members do. So, you know, it is definitely tough. And uh, I know that around the holidays, people make a lot of compromises. But, you know, I think we have, to, we have to remember it's 24 hours. So it doesn't all have to happen at the same time. There's no ma magical thing that happens when everybody's old. Sometimes what you have to do is get the kids in the car and go see them somewhere else. Right. And this way it doesn't turn into a, you know, into a disaster mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. And, and that's okay too. I think what's not okay in my opinion of is, is not having any contact at all, refusing to speak to somebody, right. not, being, you know, not being able to tell them that you love them. This is not, there's no, I think too often people think, well, we'll show them. We won't have them here and we won't, and, and we won't call them and they, yeah. we won't answer the phone and, and we, you know, and that's how we'll make them go to treatment. And that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. That's, no, that's almost always, help. no, it doesn't help at all. And no. it sometimes really hurts, yeah. you know what I mean? It makes it, and it also, if God forbid anything bad happens, we, that's what you're, you, your last interaction was. You don't no. want to do that either. There's no. some happy medium in there. Well, you can emotionally support somebody without enabling them. Absolutely. You, know, you can take their call. You can listen. You know, I, I, I remember, uh, I used to call my mom and I, I was raised to believe that if I called my mom with a problem, she would absorb it and we would deal with it together. That's how <laughs> I was raised originally, you know, and yep. I think that that's pretty traditional. Yeah. You know, most, most people it's have very that. familiar. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it sounds familiar to most of our <laughs> listeners and give it to know, me. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I call and be like, mom, I owe all this money. She's like, well, this is how much I have in my account. And I'm like, all right, well, we're getting closer, you know, <laughs> almost there. And, you know, there was a time when that started to change and it was uncomfortable. That change was uncomfortable to begin with because those calls were met with just emotional support instead of all the other supports, enabling supports that I had become really familiar with on the receiving end is that I called and it was like, I would complain. And the response I got was, well, you know, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. I can't wait to hear how you figure that out. You know, I mm -hmm. love you. Have a great night. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> That is not what I called for. Yep. And so, you know, my, my understanding of love was that, you know, you helped. And, but as an active addict, helping was actually helping me stay sick. And so when my family changed that, obviously I didn't receive it well, but they were still providing love, support. They were still taking my calls. My mother was like, uh, you know, can I come over? She's like, oh, but I'll come meet you for lunch. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. And so we'd go meet and, you know, we'd talk, but. She lunch got to feed you. Yeah, she got to feed me, right. put eyes on me, but it also gave her the ability to walk away afterward, you right. know, and so she didn't have to ask me to leave. There was no request to stay at the house. She didn't worry about me rifling through things like th these are just small things, but they're huge in, in the change in that relationship. And, and this this goes into the holidays, too, that, you know, you can you can still be there for your loved one. You can still take their call. You can still wish them a Merry Christmas, you or Happy Hanukkah, whatever oh, it might whatever. be. Yeah. Happy, yeah, happy Holiday. Um, you know, you can still offer that level of emotional support and, and feedback and love 
Um, it's just not, doesn't have a resale value. It doesn't come with the fear of bringing them into the home with other children or family there. And, you know, I think it's, it's sad. It's definitely hard. It's, it's hard that they can't be there the way you want. It's going to be sad anyhow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just sad in general. The whole situation is sad every day. Yeah. Well, I I mean, there's, there's no one way to do it. Right. You know, I give my, I give my recommendations. You give your recommendations. They're never to cut somebody off. So I think, I think I've been, uh, I've been referred to as the tough love guy and I've spent a lot of time trying to help people understand that it's not tough love. Oh, I wouldn't ever call you that. No. I mean, that's, that's the phrase that goes around is that, you know, I'm the, I'm the tough love guy, but it's not tough. Love is bad. Tough love is tough. Love is a parenting tool that you use on small children um, or young children to try to teach a lesson. There's a teachable moment in tough love, which is that, you know what, you didn't want to eat your dinner. So you're going to bed hungry tonight. This is hard for me too, as your parent, this is tough love. I'm going to make you go to bed hungry because I know you'll learn a lesson and tomorrow you'll eat your dinner. That it's a bad example, but that's an example of tough love that, that requires that the individual on the receiving end is capable of learning a lesson through consequence of action. Addicts and alcoholics do not have to learn through consequence of action. So using a tough love technique, like, oh, we're not going to talk to you for a month and you'll learn your lesson. No, you just didn't talk to him for a month. It's manipulation. (laughs) You can't manipulate somebody into, um, into, um, not, you know, having the effects of their disease. That doesn't work like that. (laughs) Right. So, so boundaries, healthy boundaries is the opposite of that. Healthy boundaries is not about me teaching you a lesson and changing you. It's about me protecting myself because I don't want to play the role in the things the way that I have in the past, or I don't want to keep you sick, or I don't want to give you money. That's going to, you're going to buy drugs with. I don't want to, I don't want to buy you a $400 North face jacket for Christmas because I know it's cold out where I know you're just going to go sell that to somebody else and be cold, but on heroin. Right. You know, and so like I have to make that decision. I'm not punishing you by not buying you a jacket. I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting you. You know, speaking of presents, I think that uh, years ago, I thought the answer to presents was gift cards. <laughs> gift cards have such a high resale value. I know. <laughs> and I don't think that there's still a lot of people out there that don't know that. I mean, right. you think, think just that cash, g- just cash. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Or, you know, gift card to, to stop and shop so they can buy food or oh. it's like, this is just. I used to love Christmas as a drug dealer because all my customers would come to me with all those gift cards from family members. And man, I would go shopping for days. So important. And all discounted rates. Yeah. $50 for a $100 gift card. No right. questions asked. You know, right. $75 for a $100 right. gift card. Doesn't matter. And again, it's hard not to give your child uh, you know, or your loved one, a present for Christmas or Hanukkah or uh-huh. whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. It's, it's hard because we in a commercial, we're so commercialized that, you right. know, that it's all about, again, it's all about the presents, right? It is. But, yeah. Well, that's how um, people translate love, right? right? They get giving, they give. And so there's so many, there's so many different love languages out there. There's so many different ways to give love uh, that, that don't feed addiction, that don't enable addiction, but you got to learn them. I owe you. Give them an I owe you. <laughs> you'll make it up to them yeah yeah as a drug yeah. dealer i would not take ious so I no guess, so yeah. that, that would work <laughs> or cards or hugs or time. time you know what i mean time yeah. is something that you know you can just sit with somebody and listen to them complain you can sit in the same room with them you can give them a hug um you know if you can tolerate them uh there's a lot of different ways to be with people during the holidays or to, to show people that you love them and that you still care about them without compromising your boundaries without right enabling them without supporting the addiction. There's tons of ways to do it. You just got to ask for help. You right. Know? And I, I think that this is a situation where it, it 
you have to maybe step back and, and it not be about how you feel and what you want. And it right. may be what, you know, what you can live with. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, it's not just Christmas and Thanksgiving, it's birthdays, it's new years, it's Sunday dinners, it's, yep. you know, family night, it's anything like that. Any of those situations where, you know, under normal circumstances, we could all sit around and be happy. Uh, we miss our loved ones and we would want them to be part of that. And it's sad when they're not. Right. Yeah. And then we have so many people that are missing, permanently missing people, mm -hmm. including our, um, our kids. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I don't even know, maybe what, World War II. Did we have so many young people missing so many of their of their friends and brothers and sisters and and I don't, I mean the the, the effect of this grief upon this generation, That's and devastating. the children that are missing parents. I mean this is a tough time. It really is. So um, I mean it's a time of war. It's almost it almost yeah. seems like I mean if we're comparing it to another world war when people were losing their parents and their children. I mean this is this is a time of war. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean there's no easy way to do it, mm -mm. but it's got to be done. We're all going to find a way to get through the holidays. Um, you know, my only advice to people is just not to invite active addiction into your home and into your family if you can avoid it. Yeah. You and know, connect don't. with each other too. There's lots of people going through this. And right. there's lots of people, you know, if you've gone through this and you've come out the other side like I have and very lucky or mm -hmm. like you have or... Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, some people don't do that. Giving back is a wonderful way to, um, to, to at least have a little bit of joy around the holidays is giving to somebody or helping somebody that's, that's um, less fortunate or, or maybe may not have um, the, you know, the family support that you wish you could give your own family member. Right. So no, I agree. Um, yeah. I agree. Well, if any of our listeners out there are looking for help, um, you know, I know that both you and I are available. Absolutely. And, uh, they can reach out. Uh, they can reach out. I'll give my 800 number now for anyone's listening. 800-270-2302. I'm happy to take your call. Um, you know, during the holidays, I know it's it's nice just to be able to have uh, somebody on the other end of the phone to talk to or ask a question to. Maureen, yeah. if you want to give out your number. Yeah, it's 617-291-3266. And so, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody that's having a hard time. And um, because I've been there. Mm -hmm. We've both been there. Yeah. Well, and um, it Hopefully, you know, it's a new year and hopefully things get better because it's possible. It happens. I see it all the time. 2020 is the year. <laughs> 2020. Okay. I don't know. What is it the year for? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's <laughs> my just another is, year. Yeah, my life is all good. <laughs> yeah, it's just another year. It's, haven't you learned that, I will say that, haven't you learned that problems are not problems unless they're really problems. <laughs> That's true. I that know true. what I've gone through enough to know when something's something's really a problem and mm -hmm. when really, I mean, the wheels could fall off the car and then there could yeah. be a, a hole in the roof. And I'm like, eh, that's not so bad. <laughs> Everybody's good. Yeah. So, Relatively speaking, they don't yeah. all, they don't all need to be problems, but you know, whether it's reaching out by phone, um, you know, on Facebook, I know the Magnolia group on Facebook is very large and, and, you know, and we have recovery groups too. So we yep. have, um, Magnolia, we do recover for people that are, are, are feeling lonely or feeling mm. stressed out about that, about, you know, about the holidays or any other time. And also Wicked Sober, I'm okay. the two groups that I, I run. And then all the Magnolia addiction support groups okay. throughout the, um, throughout the country. We have over 25,000 members. Wow. And 
I can guarantee you that day or night there'll be people I see them already starting to post about the um about Christmas coming up and yep. you know thinking they'd be in a different spot and being in mm -hmm. the same spot or worse. So there's lots of people there that, that are more than willing to listen and, and, you know, be there. Well, you know, there is a, uh, um, just a, a, one more little thing I want to put out there about this is that, you know, I've, I've heard the opposite of addiction is connection. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that gets confusing a little bit for some people and they feel like the only way to connect is to bring people back into the house. And, you know, I feel like that might be, it might be counterproductive to some extent, you know, you can connect with people and you don't have to risk everything. Absolutely. You know, if you want to connect with your loved ones this holiday, please do it. Call them, take their call, tell them that you love them, tell them that you miss them. Like you said, tell them that you hope they can be there next year. Uh, give them a way out, tell them that they're loved and that there's help available. That's love. That's connection. The yeah. disconnection is when you isolate them, judge them, persecute them, stigmatize them, um, isolate them from the family. Those are not beneficial. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to take the call. It's okay to be there, but you just have to be careful about what it is that you're providing and the message that you're giving. Yes. Um, you know, and so stay connected, right. take their and call, reach out, tell them you love them, tell them that help is available. That's your Christmas present. <laughs> and this is you all know? tough stuff. Right. You know, no matter what you do, it's all it hard. Is. It is. But well, hopefully I wish everybody a happy holiday, happy new year. Absolutely. And, Same uh, here. Yeah. And uh, if you if you need help, reach out, comment on this post, um, you know, reach out to Maureen or myself. And uh, I hope you I hope you and your family are able to enjoy the holiday, regardless of what you're going through. There you go. All right, bye everybody. Bye.